to the Remarkable Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Deidre Shen, founder and CEO of Capshow, software that helps entrepreneurs turn their stories into content that converts. Now, we believe that every entrepreneur who has had to overcome their own internal struggles is remarkable. And it is this exact remarkability that needs to be shared so that they can positively impact the world. So stick around to the end of the show. We will reveal how you can be our next guest in 20 or 25 minutes. So let's go. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Remarkable Entrepreneur Podcast. I am so excited to get into this chat with, uh, we have today, Liam Gerada from Crepling. I can't wait to hear about how, I, I looked you up and it's amazing what you guys are doing. So I can't wait to get into that. But first, I might throw over to you. First of all, welcome, Liam. Appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate it. <laughs> awesome. Now, Tell us a little bit about Crepling and then we're going to take ourselves all the way back and, you know, before you, how you got, even got started on this journey. But first, what is Crepling? Absolutely. Um, simply put, Crepling is a no-code commerce tool. Um, we enable retailers and brands to scale their businesses and build their businesses in this new wave of e-commerce um, with as little uh, code or development requirements as necessary. Amazing. That's so cool. Okay, so I know that we're going to get into sort of how this all came about and everything. So let's go back to almost like how you got started, maybe even in entrepreneurship in total. Was this your first business or were there things that you were doing beforehand? Where did you start? Absolutely. Um, we actually started off as e-commerce merchants ourselves uh, a couple of years, a couple of years back. Um, so being very much the customers that we serve today, we very much were in those shoes, in their own, our own customer's shoes for a long time. Yeah. Um, we started off scaling our own e-commerce store um, from virtually nothing on platforms like Shopify, then graduated to more um more headless architecture and more scalable architecture as our, as our business grew. Um, but yeah, we started off as retailers um, with very little coding knowledge, very little knowledge in terms of what the e-commerce platform market presents itself with. Um, and through that, through our own experience in e-commerce, through going the journey of being the first time sellers to having a full team under management to manage a full scale e-commerce operation. It's through that journey, we, we really discovered, you know, what the industry is like and how much it shifts and changes. And it was through that, which I'll go into probably a bit later, but how we discovered uh, the problem that we wanted to solve in e-commerce through Crepling. Awesome. Okay. So take us back to almost your first business, the first e-commerce store that you built. What was it? How did you come up with that idea? How did you get started in it? Yeah, we, we actually, my brother and myself, who's also my, still my co-founder with Crepling, uh, we started off building a retail consignment marketplace for like-minded uh, fashion moguls, uh, streetwear enthusiasts. And our goal was um, to actually build a, a, an e-commerce marketplace or consignment marketplace that was fair in pricing uh, when it comes to streetwear. We, you know, I had a, previously had some terrible experiences when buying secondhand items that were charged uh, through the roof fees for resale prices. So we wanted to solve that and build a store that was giving people a fair price. And we called it the King's Fair and sought for a King's Fair price. Um, and we launched that uh, on Shopify um, within just, just a couple of days, actually. We got just what clothes we had and then scaled that to a, to a state where we began graduating to other platforms. 
Um, we very simply just wanted to build a network of, of like-minded enthusiasts who wanted a fair deal when it came to clothes like that. Um, we eventually ended up selling the, the business uh, just before we started Krepling to some, some distributors who wanted to expand their network in Europe. We grew quite a good uh, retail consignment network. We had a good partnership deals along the way. So um, yeah, it, it really grew to something that we didn't anticipate it growing towards, but um, our love for e-commerce really started as, as most people do. And that is, you know, wanting to start something from scratch. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So then, so you went from there um, and were you full, were you both full-time in that business? We weren't full time. Uh, we were both studying. Um, I was, I was, my brother, and myself. We were, we were quite young at the time, so we were f- still in high school. Um, we definitely couldn't make it full time th- back yeah. then. Uh, I definitely could agree that my parents wouldn't have supported that. Um, so, one is <laughs> something we could pursue, but we enjoyed it. It felt like a full time job to us. It was, although it was part time, we felt it was a yeah. strong hobby. We enjoyed it, and yeah, it, it, it progressed to something that now we do full time. So, um, awesome. the outcome was great. Okay, so I didn't even realize you were still in high school. Okay, so wow, that's so how how long, how many years in your high school uh, career, I guess, uh, were you actually working on this business? Yeah, uh, about three years. Um, it was an on and off project at the beginning, you know, trying to figure out what we wanted to, how we wanted to, to build out the site, how we wanted to, you know, serve different networks, whether it's going to be consignment based, whether it's going to be connecting direct to sellers, or it's going to be very simply just as mass wholesale marketplace. So we, a lot of off and off, um, depends on how we want to go about solving the problem. We really were about actually solving a problem as opposed to just creating, you know, an, another online store that sells streetwear. We wanted to really focus in on making a brand that was that was focused on making fair prices for customers so going about that was difficult but once we officially launched um i we, we did it for about three years um which was when we you know we sold just before 2019 early 2019 um late 2018 so yeah it was a long That's long journey <laughs> I can tell you there are not very many teenagers who are worried about problems that they can solve. Right? <laughs> like, um, so that's a kudos to you because that would have been, you know, other of your other, you know, your friends and stuff were probably out partying. Were you also partying and doing all those teenage things or were you at home hustling, selling? Um. you. <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I think I think you know it was a problem that was kind of close to home. I think a lot of I would say that a lot of my friends at the time also were into streetwear or into sort of buying clothes that didn't really quite have the money to afford those type of items yet. So it was a problem that we sort of came accustomed to in school, anyways. You know, we saw. You know, me personally, I was watching e-commerce just just take off, uh, seeing so many. So many of my friends just using you buying online, not not resulting to physical based stores. Um, and yeah, it, it just it was sort of it, it came from that. But I think initially being able to to see firsthand a problem that others experience as well as see e-commerce really take off for younger generations really propelled us into, you know, wanting to be involved some way, shape or form in that space. Um, so I would say, yeah, I think just just being being aware at the time of what everyone was doing was 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 what helped us and propelled us to to get into it at the beginning. Yeah, cool. Okay, so then from there, you so you sold the business and then you started crepling, and that was pretty much straight out of high school that you did that. Yeah, uh, we. I was just under. I was just got into a scholarship program, which I'd be work, been working for for a long, long time. And, you know, we started, we just started crappling uh, as I, as I sort of had exams getting into that. So it wasn't the best time to start. 
um, but it was something we were passionate about to get into. And it was when things really took off. Um, I actually dropped out the scholarship and went full time in, into grappling. Wow. Um, so it was kind of a, a transitionary phase for my for personally as well. But um, we, we were very in tune with the problem we were solving at that point. Um, we built up a good, great engineering team from some some other e-commerce companies that we'd worked with, other platforms we'd even got to know. And so by that point, we felt that, you know, we really were ready to sort of solve this problem. And it had a few failures at the beginning, a little A-B testing to figure out what type of platform we wanted to bring to market. But by the time we came to really launch this, um, we were we were ready to go and we it, it turned out quite nicely. <laughs> yeah, well, amazing. Okay, so you are well and truly on the entrepreneurship path because you jump this is this is what you're gonna do. You've made that decision, which is amazing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. At such a young age too. Like well done because I can tell you, um uh, not being as young as you are that you know not uh it's it's hard to come across the thing that you want to be doing. And that's why I say it's you know it's it's unique to come across other teenagers who know that they have this problem that they want to solve and keep solving for. Um, so that's yeah that's amazing. Uh, okay, so let's talk about then since starting Krepling, you mentioned that things didn't quite go to plan. Now, talk us through some of those moments because this is when it gets really juicy around the entrepreneurship journey, right? Like we all hear the success stories. We all hear that, you know, a, a company go from, oh, they just started and now they're worth a billion dollars. But we very rarely hear those really down moments. So I want to, sh- I want you to share with us kind of, in that journey of starting crappling, like what were some of the really, really distinct down moments and how did that make you feel? Did it make you want to give it all up at any point in time? Like, and how did you keep yourself going? Yeah, um, for sure. I, I think it really did start um, when we were actually working on, in the previous company. So Krepling's idea really started and we started encountering problems before we even sort of launched the company, which was we were we very much grew aware that e-commerce was during its third fundamental shift. You know, we saw... Well, before my days, e-commerce had gone from these static systems to Shopify revolutionizing the way people can start an online store. Um, at our time, when it was kind of really looking to sell our store, there was this major fundamental shift in the way e-commerce was, was going. They call it e-commerce 3.0. And this is very simply put, retailers wanted to be and adapting in different ways to be in front of their customers no, man, no matter where they are. Nowadays, you know, it's not just the website, there's being able to be in front of social email, email marketing, text, um, and multiple different ways of, of being in front of your customer. And this is the problem we, we wanted to solve. You know, whilst the Shopify effect had removed much of the friction in creating an online store, the dilemma really lies when merchants begin scaling up and conversions begin adapting, that they really need to graduate to a more uh, advanced purchasing experience. So this is the problem we wanted to solve. And until then, the biggest the biggest problem we had was that no code and enterprise grade had been squarely at odds so building a platform that was both no code friendly and enterprise grade in terms of functionality that users would actually willing to pay for and graduate to was a huge huge sort of hurdle for us as as technical as an engineering team building a a, a platform that is of enterprise grade was severely challenging, you know, because you want to be able to build an experience and give customers an experience that they can build a brand that can they can compete with their, you know, North Star competitors like Nike, Adidas, the great DDC companies that are scaling in, in these verticals. But at the same time, you know, those enterprise grade platforms cost hundreds and thousands of dollars. Um, they require huge engineering teams. And we wanted to build a no code experience with that enterprise grade functionality. So, what I can say is it was took months of A-B testing. We built about four different platforms that 
<laughs> just didn't quite solve the problem we wanted to solve. Um, customers weren't finding the right value. There was a lot of lot of hurdles we faced in the months before we launched. Um, and there were plenty of times where we just thought, you know, maybe the way we're looking at this problem isn't the way we should be looking at it. So yeah, it was, it was definitely a, a journey within itself. And I think once yeah. we had that moment, which well, series of moments where customers started finding value and that no code and enterprise grade came together, uh, we then discovered that we could actually create rich modern experiences without having to rely on any of the no code, even any of the development elements uh, without any of the performance trade-offs. So when we hit that, that momentum, things started to go nice and we launched almost fundamentally straight as soon as we had those early signs of product adoption. And from then on, yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a up, uphill battle and it's been, been fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, in those moments when, you know, you, you, you know, the, the various A-B testing that you were doing and, you know, your users were like, mm, maybe not for me, there's no value here. Did you ever, were you, at any point were you like, maybe this just isn't going to work, this business idea that we had is a great idea, but there's just no way to actually bring it to life. Did that ever cross your mind? Yeah, definitely. I think the, the burden of technology to, to I mean, the, the thing was at the time, these rich commerce experiences were being done by platforms that really did cost hundreds of thousands of dollars for a reason. Um, they required huge amount of engineering teams for a reason. And that kind of trying to solve that problem without, you know, being able to refer to something that, oh, look, they, they did it or these guys are doing it was, was very difficult. So when we didn't come up with a solution, it was kind of like, well, is there a solution? So it was definitely, there were definitely times where we thought not only are we going about this wrongly, but can it actually be done and can it actually be solved in a way we want to do it? So yeah, yeah there was definitely times where I just sort of looked and thought, you know, maybe it's time we, we look at other ways of doing this because this is just not doable. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you just, just got to figure out and just keep going, I guess. But yeah, there were definitely some some uphill battles back then where we just, yeah, it was some dark times for sure from an yeah. engineering standpoint. And how did you get through that? Like what, you know, was it just like, a, and did you have a big team, a big engineering team? Like how, how big was your engineering team at the time? Yeah, we started off just my brother and myself. Uh, we then expanded to two other team members uh, just to get things out the door, get a basic yeah. MVP in there. Um, and yeah, in terms of tackling those problems, it was a matter of, you know, removing what the engineering constraints were and actually looking at from a high level overview is, you know, if we're going to build something, let's not build it for the sake of building it, but let's see how it can create the most value. You know, for example, there were certain features we had built in the earlier platforms where customers could integrate with basic email flows and create these custom uh, integrations that were really, you know, fundamentally compl complicated for any no code or even an engineering team. Then to fix those problems, we kind of stood back and said, listen, why are we creating these features? What is the value we wish to create for customers and what value, what is the end goal that retailers are looking for here? And uh, when you take that perspective, you kind of then remove the engineering burdens and you look at it from how quickly can I get this customer to this end goal? And it turns out that you actually don't need certain, certain functionality and certain, um, so even certain features that most other e-commerce platforms would adopt naturally. So it was a mix of approach from, you know, from more of a high level overview and understanding what, where the value lies. And I think that was what made us, got us to the point where we are today is that we actually knew e-commerce from being e-commerce sellers. A lot of other you know, burdens we had were we looking from engineering standpoint, getting engineers to come in and sort of give their two cents share worth or whatever. And you know, we being e-commerce goers, and once we started hiring other e-commerce goers and people who'd been in the same 
sort of point as a retailer, you really see a different, uh, you, you take a different view on things and you're able to solve the problems and, and really build a platform that's really customized for retailers by retailers. So that was definitely a aha moment for us. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Wow. Okay. Um, and it's not cheap, by the way, to, you know, build software and, and, and ship it out. So how did you work through that? Did you just? Yeah, well, it's great. Like, <laughs> It's it's fantastic having someone be, being two founders that aren't really working for anything. So we're kind of just working for the sake of creating a great product. Yes. So it definitely removes a lot of the costs um, yes. from a team standpoint. Um, and getting other people excited about the mission was was a huge thing for us. And it's still been a thing for us today is that, you know, attracting great talents is, is very difficult. We're still one of the biggest challenges we face. I think any company um, mm-hmm. scaling ha- does face. And I think when when it came down to the to attracting the real the real great minds of e-commerce was the mission we were trying to solve. You know, we weren't just trying to build something that was solving a generic problem. We really were trying to make a dent in the whole commerce space and perhaps the economy, the online economy as a whole. So, with that huge huge mission, I think it attracts a lot of ambitious and and like-minded entrepreneurs who are also looking to to reinvent the space and are excited about the space. Um, and almost everyone we spoke to aligned with the problem we're trying to solve in some way, shape or form and was, was ready. I mean, e-commerce has, has exploded and this, 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 this opportunity presents itself for a handful of companies to, to enable a new generation of entrepreneurs in this new wave of commerce 3.0. So that alone was we able to attract a lot of, a lot of great, a lot of great team members and still to this day has been a great uh, driving factor for us as a company. Yeah, that's awesome. Wow. I talk to a lot of, um, you know, I guess uh, definitely older than you entrepreneurs who have battled a lot of things in terms of even just getting started in entrepreneurship. Whereas it sounds like you were just from a very early age was like, this is what I want to do. And it's no matter what, it's going to (laughs) happen. Is that kind of your mindset or do you battle a lot of like similar kind of imposter syndrome or, um, you know, internal struggles yourself? going through this journey? Um, I think it's, you know, we just, we really enjoy solving problems for customers. I think that's something we, I think it's maybe a blessing that we enjoy it. Um, so it puts a lot of the, the, the sort of negative thoughts out of there. So, you know, we, we always just want customers to enjoy or solve a problem that, that makes the world uh, more functional. Um, in our sense, you know, it started off just trying to, just with small with the skills we had at the time. Now it's just a matter of, you know, helping myself and other retailers who had been been in the position the same as us have a more unified and scalable experience so i think it's yeah i think we just enjoy solving problems and i think that's uh long as we keep that enjoyment involved it's, it's always been a, a great journey for us um and as, yeah as long as we can keep focused on that i think things are a lot easier <laughs> right okay yeah so you can kind of park your own struggles aside just as long as you know that uh there's there's a greater problem that you're you're working towards solving for. yeah and i think no matter how big the struggle can get which they can get pretty big i think right. then you know once you you focus on a goal and you you know that what you're doing is creating something that's that makes the world a better place and people's lives are a lot easier um, you know, it's all worth it in the end. Just, just to feel have that feeling of you know you've built something that people are finding value in, and that the world is 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 thriving off. And you know, that's as long as that's the end goal, things are things are a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm sure that there was a particular moment when you know because we you, you spoke about uh, doing the beta testing and you know your your clients not finding any value, but I'm sure there was a particular moment when finally someone did or you got some kind of feedback, or can you describe that for us? Do you still remember what happened for you and the team to be like, oh my gosh, I think this is it. I think we're on the right track. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I think it's, you know, I, I couldn't really sum it up to one moment, but there's a series of moments where new, you know, new customers will come in and the lifetime value would increase. They'd start utilizing new features we brought out. They'd start paying in, showing interest in what we were doing as a company, what type of features we were bringing to the table. Um, you know, one of the things we, one of the biggest issues we had when we launched was we had, we were attracting a lot of nice customers, but that life cycle of, you know, starting a business, getting those first couple of sales was quite low. Um, but once we started attracting some major brands, some brands who actually were utilizing current monolithic systems in the industry and were looking to migrate to grappling, that was when we sort of figured out, you know, we actually have something of value here because, you know, brands are migrating and they're, they're sticking around for a long time. Um, and this was, it was a series of those, a series of, you know, new customers coming on, new customers migrating, and then discovering, you know, what features we need to add to increase that, that, that life cycle to add more value to customers. So it was a series of moments, but I think, you know, it really did begin to hit us when we sort of started seeing this, the adoption rate of new, of new functionality increase. Um, we saw sales increase when we started tracking the GMV of customers. That was a huge eye opener for us. The, the amount of revenue going through our platform was kind of saying, you know, we are, we are, we are able to allow business owners to find success. Um, and for us, that was always the, the metric was if, if a business can, can migrate to crappling or start on crappling and see a huge influx in sales, or we can increase their sales and increase their, their ability to, to sell online. That was a huge metric for us. So the minute we started seeing that going up, um, we knew we were onto something and it was kind of a bit of relief now that we have got a working MVP that we can actually take to market and, and, and actually sell and actually users yeah. would be interested in buying something as opposed to just being a, you know, a, a free alternative to already made platforms out there. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. So our, our listeners do, they believe in the power of storytelling to create that human connection. Uh, do you similarly believe in the power of storytelling? Do you share your stories with your own audience? And if you do, how do you do that? Is that on social media? Is it in other places? Can you talk us through that? Yeah, I think we, 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 we use our story quite effectively when we usually when it's trying to attract uh, new talent, uh, we want to share that we're very openly um, from different backgrounds. We've been in the, we are e-commerce enthusiasts. We are payments enthusiasts. We've, we've, although we bring expertise, it's something we love to do. And I think communicating that as effectively as we can is, is very important to us, when, especially when we're hiring and also perhaps even attracting new customers. We, we want to associate ourselves as a company that is full of enthusiasm for the problem we're trying to solve. And fundamentally, as long as you, if you, if you continue to break that down and qualifications and expertise, it all comes down to these are a bunch of people who just love the space and want to create a dent in the commerce space because, you know, they see a problem worth solving. So I think that's the messaging we want to convey. And as, as much as we can, we, we try and make it as plain and simple as we can. Um, and yeah, I think that's, that's really important to, to me personally is to, to make sure that we create an ecosystem where customers, partners, and employees just feel great being a part of, and it just feels this whole ecosystem, just something they want to be involved in. So and part of that is, is creating great messaging. So to me, that's, that's very important. And I think as soon as I sort of figured out that that's what really building a company is and scaling really means, that's sort of a, a, a eureka moment. You know, you constantly think scaling is about adding new customers, but I think once you hit that moment, you think this is actually about building an ecosystem of, of like-minded partners and employees. That's a, that's a huge step to make. So when, once we made that, it, it all got a lot clearer for us. Yeah, awesome. So how did you um, currently, like what have you been doing in your marketing? How have you grown to this point? right now what what sorts of things have you been trying and doing um yeah we, we're very open with email sequencing we we partnerships we do email sequencing partnerships 
direct outreach. You know, one of the things we know is brands want to communicate. You know, they want to share what's working, what's not working, and then they want to improve those systems. So we're very much open for communicating, whether that's be through email, LinkedIn, um, even basic forms of communication through partnerships. That's very important to us. Um, the second thing we use, uh, which is also sort of same way as communicating, but more on a global level, is actually partnering with direct best of breed applications across the e-commerce ecosystem. So if there's great applications or great startups that are making waves in certain spaces in e-commerce, such as marketing and shipping, um, order management, we want to be there and communicating with them and saying, listen, what's working for your customers? What can, what can you help increase those customers' turnover rates? And would you be open to partnering with a platform that allows your customers to best utilize your application? So partnerships are very important to us. Um, communicating with customers is very important to us. Um, and I think this effect of combining those two, those two metrics into one allows us to also partner with agencies. You know, a lot of e-commerce agencies are looking to find best breed applications as well as best of customers. So if agencies are open to partnering with us, that's a great reflection on what we're doing. Um, and we are not, when it comes to partnerships, we don't want to lock anyone in. We want to f- create this open ecosystem where everyone just wants to be a part of because of the value we create. So. Um, to us, that's how we've been scaling to date. Um, and we plan to do the same ways going forward, being, being be able to communicate with all, all, all customers and all ecosystems across e-commerce. So yeah, for us, that's my our- next question, you know, where is your, where is your business headed? Where are you going to be investing for growth? Um, and so is there anything new, anything other than what you kind of outlined that you would be, you're going to be looking to explore as well? Yeah, we're getting into the payment space quite heavily. We're getting into multiple sub-factors of e-commerce. You know, one thing Crepting likes to do is we want to be a microservices approach. So wherever we can add superior value to to customers and other retailers, we want to be in that space. Um, and communicating that with with niche products and microservice products is something we we think scalability is scalability wise is, is great for the company. You know, we we're very much involved in multiple facets of e-commerce, not just the generalistic. Um, you can build and scale store. We want to be citizen. How can you improve your marketing gen uh, your lead gen efforts? How can you improve basic abandoned card rates or improved conversion rates. Um, we want to be answering those questions either through technology or through our, or through our marketing efforts. So um, in terms of you know we, we, where we want to be in 10 years, we just want to be scaling what we've implemented to date already. You know, we don't want to be this company that's sort of just everywhere but nowhere really you know we want to be everywhere and everywhere. So that's something for us that we, we want to we want to continue to scale in terms of in terms of marketing. Awesome. And can you talk us through, because obviously a lot of uh, listeners are going to be looking to scale themselves at some point. Um, Can you talk us through almost your hiring decisions in a way? Um, Like, you know, obviously you had engineers on. Have you since then made deliberate decisions around who you need to hire and what went into that decision-making process? Can you share a little bit of that with us? Yeah, um, we, we're quite open in terms of w- where we stand and how we want to hire. You know, we're not looking, you know, we're quite a mixed team. Um, we're both some some great, great, great team members from all different parts of the world. I think we, the remote structure works great for us because we're very able to sort of screen uh, candidates the way they should be screened. And that's just purely based on talent and, and execution as opposed to this old formality way of, of hiring, which is, you know, just based on this old school form of qualifications and past experiences. We just really want to find the best breed and the best best talent there is out there. So um, we created a, a system that that is able to define that out as quickly as possible, whether it's in, from engineering side to marketing, even high level execs, that's the most important thing to us is we can identify talent. And as, as soon as we can identify talent, that's when we 
get things kick things into gear and see if we can bring them on board as quickly as possible so to us that's the most important thing and and being as transparent as possible i think is also very important a lot of i mean back in when i was looking for jobs you know the companies are not very transparent and how they're high and what where you stand so even from past experiences we just want to be able to create a very open open-ended system for anyone to want who wants to be a part of and share the mission with us Amazing. Awesome. Well, this has been so super helpful for everyone listening to this, Liam. Thank you so much for joining us. If anyone is interested in seeing what you have to offer, what Crepling is all about, where is the best place for them to go? Uh, just head over to our website. Um, usually has everything information-wise there. Uh, if you want to follow us on socials, that's fine. It's just Crepling at most socials, crepling.com for Instagram. Um, but yeah, our website's the, the best place to find us for sure. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Well, you guys will... We'll definitely be adding those to the show notes. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on, Liam. This was such a fun chat. And for all of our listeners, please leave a rating, leave a review and subscribe to this podcast show with all your friends. And we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Shen here. Thank you so much for listening to the Remarkable Entrepreneur Podcast. Now, if you are a successful online entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, then please visit go.theremarkableentrepreneurpodcast.com slash podcast dash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you please share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials and tag me. I'm at Deidre Shen. And if you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media as well and let them know about the show. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. Now, we are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, reviews go a long, long way to help promote the show. And it means a lot to me and my team. And if you want to know more, go to our website, djshen.com. Follow me on LinkedIn, on Facebook. My Facebook group is actually called The Remarkable Entrepreneur. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Deidre Shen. Thanks so much for listening and we will see you next time.